ಓಮಕ್ಯಾನತಿಮಿರಂಥಸ್ಯಾಪಿತೀಗುರುಪಕದಾಮ್ಯಂ ಸಹಗಣರಘುನಾಥಂಥಂಸಜೀವಂಸೈತಂಸಾವೂತಂಪರಿಜನಸಹಿತಂಕೃಷ್ಣಚೈತನ್ಯದೇವಂಶ್
सर्वधर्मान परित्यज्य मामेकम शरणम व्रजा हम द्वाम सर्व पापे प्यो मोक्षी श्यामी मास्ट है वेरी फेमस श्लोका या प्लीज कमेंट आई एम प्योरली वेजिटेरियन फ्रॉम द एटीन चैप्टर टेक्स्ट सिक्सटी सिक्स सर्वधर्मान परित्यज्य प्लीज यू कैन चैंट एक्टू मी सर्वधर्मान परित्यज्य मामेकम शरणम व्रजा मामेकम शरणम व्रजा अहम त्वाम सर्व पापेभ्यो अहम त्वाम सर्व पापेभ्यो मोक्षयिष्यामि मा सुचः मोक्षयिष्यामि मा सुचः सर्वधर्मान परित्यज्य सर्वधर्मान परित्यज्य मामेकम शरणम व्रजा मामेकम शरणम व्रजा अहम त्वाम सर्व पापेभ्यो सर्वधर्मान परित्यज्य मामेकम शरणम व्रजा अहम त्वाम सर्व पापेभ्यो ट्रांसलेशन एंड पर्पर्ट बाय हिज डिवाइन ग्रेस एसी भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी शिल प्रभुपाद शिल प्रभुपाद की अबैंडन ऑल वेराइटीज ऑफ रिलीजन एंड जस्ट सरेंडर अन टू मी आई शेल डिलीवर यू फ्रॉम ऑल सिंफुल रियक्शन डू नॉट फियर प्लीज रिपीट Abandon all varieties of religion. Abandon all varieties of religion. And just surrender unto me. And just surrender unto me. I shall deliver you. I shall deliver you from all sinful reactions. From all sinful reactions. Do not fear. Do not fear. Purport: The Lord has described various kinds of knowledge and processes of religion. Knowledge of the supreme Brahman. knowledge of the super soul knowledge of the different types of orders and statuses of social life knowledge of the renounced order of life knowledge of non attachment sense and mind control meditation etc he has described in so many ways different types of religion now in summarizing bhagavad gita the lord says that arjuna should give up all the processes that have been explained to him He should simply surrender to Krishna. That surrender will save him from all kinds of sinful reactions. For the Lord personally promises to protect him. In the seventh chapter, it was said that only one who has become free from all sinful reactions can take to the worship of Lord Krishna. Thus, one may think that unless he is free from all sinful reactions, he cannot take to the surrendering process. to such doubts it is here said that even if one is not free from all sinful reactions simply with the process of surrendering to sri krishna he is automatically freed there is no need of strenuous effort to free oneself from sinful reactions one should unhesitatingly accept krishna as the supreme savior of all living entities with faith and love one should surrender unto him 
the process of surrender to Krishna, uh, the process of surrender to Krishna is described in the Hari Bhakti Vilasa. Anukulyasya Sankalpaha Pratikulyasya Varjanam Rakshishyatiti Vishvasu Gopritve Varanam Tatha Atmanikshepa Karpanye Shadvidha Sharanagati. According to the devotional process, one should simply accept such religious principles that will lead ultimately to the devotional service of the Lord. One may perform a particular occupational duty according to his position in the social order, but if by executing his duty one does not come to the point of Krishna consciousness, all his activities are in vain. Anything that does not lead to the perfectional stage of Krishna consciousness should be avoided. One should be confident that in all circumstances Krishna will protect him from all difficulties. There is no need of thinking how one should keep the body and soul together. Krishna will see to that. One should always think himself helpless and should consider Krishna the only basis of his progress in life. As soon as one seriously engages himself in devotional service to the Lord in full Krishna consciousness, at once he becomes freed from all contamination of material nature. There are different processes of religion and purificatory processes by cultivation of knowledge, meditation in the mystic yoga system, but one who surrenders into Krishna does not have to execute so many methods. That simple surrender into Krishna will save him from unnecessarily wasting time. One can thus make all progress at once and be freed from all sinful reactions. One should be attracted by the beautiful vision of Krishna. His name is Krishna because he is all-attractive. One who becomes attracted by the beautiful, all-powerful, omnipotent vision of Krishna is fortunate. There are different kinds of transcendentalists. Some of them are attached to the impersonal Brahman vision. Some of them are attracted by the super-soul feature, etc. But one who is attracted to the personal feature of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and, above all, one who is attracted by the Supreme Personality of Godhead as Krishna Himself is the most perfect transcendentalist. In other words, devotional service to Krishna in full consciousness is the most confidential part of knowledge and this is the essence of the whole Bhagavad Gita. Karma yogis, empiric philosophers, mystics and devotees are all called transcendentalists but one who is a pure devotee is the best of all. The particular words used here, Ma Shuchaha, don't fear, don't hesitate, don't worry, are very significant. One may be perplexed as to how one can give up all kinds of religious forms and simply surrender unto Krishna, but such worry is useless. Om Tatsat Om Ajnana Timirantasya Yananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Maritagena Tasmai Shigurabena Maha Hare Krishna We read this very beautiful verse Considered to be a very important conclusion from Bhagavad Gita wherein Krishna is saying don't worry don't worry just surrender to me I will look after you Quite often in this world, when somebody can say that to us and he gives us a lot of confidence, 
and said, don't worry, everything will be all right. I'll do it for you. That gives a lot of solace. Ah, feel very comfortable. You feel very comfortable. Because you know, this person can protect me. To find shelter in this world is a very difficult process. Just like you see the child feels very sheltered in the mother's lap. As soon as the child falls into the mother's arms, then he is very sheltered and happy. He knows that nobody can harm me. I am sure my mother will protect me. I can do anything I want. Right? This is shelter. Shelter means protected, secure. You have nothing to worry. That feeling, that security, is what all of us are looking for. But we are not so easily finding that in this world. We are not finding it in this world. To get that shelter is what our whole effort is. We are doing so many things because of the anxiety for getting shelter. We try to take a life insurance, we take health insurance, we invest money, and we say in the future we will use it like this and my children also need to be sheltered. We look after so many things and we make a lot of arrangements. Still there is constant fear that we are not fully sheltered. You are not fully sheltered. Just by taking life insurance doesn't mean you won't die. But somewhere in the back of the head people think that life insurance it's not life assurance. Actually, it's a whole business based on the fact that you'll definitely die. It's actually based, the whole business they do is on the basis of that you will die. Right? You will die. And you know, I know. My business is based on the fact that you will die. You're not going to get a life but somewhere in the back of the head we have got some strange notion that I'll be protected. No, you'll never be protected. That you know. Human being is constantly seeking this shelter. Where will I get this? Just like the child in the mother's arms. Prabhupada gave the example of what it means to be sheltered. He spoke about a child getting lost in the big exhibition fair. You know, parents also become very busy. Oh, that's very nice. I want to buy that. I want to get this sari. I want to do this, that. Okay, the child goes around here and there. And then gets lost. Uh, and then you will see an announcement coming. Whose child is this? And the child cries into the microphone. And the mom immediately knows that it's my child. <laughs> and she gets there. And in the meantime, they're trying to quieten the child in many different ways. They're giving the child, you know, something, trinkets, and 
showing for a brief moment the child is little fascinated and then immediately starts crying again. Okay, I give you, uh, you know, sweet, I give you something to eat and then nothing I want. The child is never satisfied and calm taking any one thing. I'm not satisfied, I'm not happy. Unless I get my mom, I'm not happy. Temporarily, I can be a little happy here and there. You show me this and that. But as soon as the mother comes, the child runs into the mother's arms. And then you can see the child, oh, I'm happy. Now I'm happy. Now I'm sheltered. Now I don't have to worry. Same way, all of us are looking for Krishna's shelter, God's shelter, that one person's shelter. This is what we are looking for. In Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is saying that, you are looking for me. <coughs> you are looking for that shelter only I can give you. Only I can give you that. Therefore he is saying, don't worry, Mahasucha. Once you come to me, you will not feel any anxiety anymore. You will not feel any anxiety. Just like when the child comes to the mom in their last exhibition fair, he doesn't need anybody else anymore. He doesn't need any lollipops, he doesn't need any that, he doesn't need this, he doesn't need something to play with. They are all temporary. They never satisfied me. But when I get to my mom, I know I am satisfied for good. When we get to Krishna, we know we'll similarly be satisfied for good. No more we need to search for any shelter. Krishna is the ultimate shelter. Right? Don't immediately think in your mind, Krishna is a Hindu God. And for Christians it is that shelter is the shelter. No, we are talking about the supreme personality of God. You want to call him Allah, you want to call him Krishna, you want to call him anything. You can call him. He is the one shelter of anybody, everybody, including the ants and the germs and the blue whale and the elephant and the human beings and the demigods and everybody gets shelter only from him. From whom they all come and from whom they are all sheltered. By whom they are all sheltered. Right? So in this shloka, Krishna is saying, this is what you need. Although you asked all these questions, Arjuna asked many different questions to Krishna. In the first chapter, in the second chapter, you will see, it's all Arjuna's questions. Why should we fight this war? Don't you think that it is against dharma to do this? Don't you think there will be a bad result from all these things? I don't want to be the reason for that. And in many ways, Arjuna, is tormented by duties, by different types of repercussions and all that and then he gets very confused. The great Arjuna is confused seeing the whole army poised to fight opposite him. Seeing Bhishma, seeing Dronacharya, seeing Kripacharya, seeing all his cousins and everybody, you won't fight with me? Why has it become like this? 
right? He completely loses his composure. And his Gandiva slips from his hands. Then, Nayotsya iti Govinda, I cannot fight this war. He becomes very disturbed. He becomes very disturbed, although he is very powerful. And that's how Bhagavad Gita starts. And because he wants Krishna to answer these questions, he asks Krishna, Sishyasteham Shadimam Tvam Prapandam. Please become my guru and instruct me what I should do, what I should not do. That's so Bhagavad Gita starts. And towards the end, after he has finished giving him all the instructions, Krishna is giving the final decision. Actually, what you need is my shelter. Everything will become all right for you. All these different questions you ask, actually, they are not the real questions. Just like when the child was lost, you know, give me this, give me something to eat, give me something to play with, all those things are not the solution. Getting mother is the real solution. Same way Krishna is saying, although you asked me all these questions, and I gave you all these answers, they will not give you the full shelter. Actually, I can give you shelter, but you should surrender to me. You should seek that shelter, you should want that shelter, you should know that I am the person who can give you shelter. And when you take it, you will be happy. Masucha, don't worry. This is what you need. You know, mothers know what the child needs when the child is crying. It's something mystical. Exactly what the child needs. A mosquito is biting you, or you're uneasy, or your dress is too tight, or you're hungry, you're thirsty, you've got a stomach problem. All these things can be understood by the mom. It's a mystical relationship. She immediately feels it and we attend to it. It knows the child very well. Same way Krishna knows what you need. And he's saying, Arjuna, this is what you need, my shelter. Forget all those things. Sarva dharman parityaja. Give it up. And surrender to me. So this is what shelter is. Now, how to listen to God's words and take shelter actually. When it is mom, it is very nice, it's very easy and very con- you know, convinced about that. I've done that before and it is very nice too. But now that surrender to Krishna and all these other things that I am surrendered to or I'm feeling comfortable will not really give me shelter. That should be first understood. In order to surrender to Krishna, you should understand the present situation where I am in is not really shelter. It is temporary. Now this is one of the painful things that you have to do, is to learn to understand this. That takes a long time. We are in a nice comfortable zone. You know these comfort zones, they are so popular and so nice and uh, it's very difficult to wake you up from that. Because everything is so nice and I worked for this for so long. Why are you disturbing me by bringing up this Krishna consciousness and bringing up this Bhagavad Gita now? 
and telling me you are not safe. Of course I'm safe. Of course I'm safe. I get up in the morning, I feel so nice. My kids are around me, my parents are around me, my father is there, my mother is there to give me advice. And my wife is cooking something very nice, my husband has got a great job, he's got all the money in the world and I've got such a bank balance and I've got a beautiful house, da-da-da-da, so many things. Of course I'm sheltered. I'm very happy. But that husband will die, the father will die, you will die, everybody will die. How can you say that this is shelter? And your money will go. Somebody will steal it. Or you will invest it in the wrong place. Or you will simply die and leave the money there. So many things that we possess, so many things we are connected with, are actually temporary. This we don't realize. The fact that we are going to die itself, we don't realize. It is a wonderful thing, Yudhishthira Maharaj is telling the Yaksha in the Mahabharata. There is this instance where the Yaksha is questioning everybody, don't drink the water unless you answer my questions. And all the Pandavas, one by one, they say, Who are you? And they start drinking the water, they fall dead. And finally, Yudhishthira comes and then he answers the questions of the Yaksha, who is his father himself actually. In that one of the questions the Yaksha asks him is, what is the most wonderful thing in this world that you have noticed? Ah, very wonderful. And Yudhishya says, Ahanyahanyi Bhutani Gachanti Hayamadayam Sesha Stavramichanti Kimascharyam Ataparam Ahanyahanyi Bhutani Gachanti Yamalayam Every day, every moment people are going to Yamaraj, means they are dying. But those who are watching this happen are thinking it will not happen to them. Seshastavaramichanti I will be like this only. It only happens to my grandma, my neighbor, my distant relative, my friend. But for me this will not happen. I go for the condolence, I go for the cremation, I go for this, that, everything. But I never realize the fact that this could very well happen to me. It doesn't click. This, I think, is most wonderful. Yudhishthira is telling to the Yaksha. This is wonderful. Nobody awakes and awakens to that, understanding that it's going to happen to me. When Prabhupada was in his last days and uh, he was very sick, to go to the toilet, they had to lift him physically and take him and go and come back. And uh, he watched his young disciples do that and he saw it in their eyes that they were thinking something. So once when they laid Prabhupada down on the bed, he looked at them and said, come here. And he said, don't think this will not happen to you. <laughs> he showed and said, don't think this will not happen to you. It's coming. You are young now, right? The same thing will happen to you. Same thing will happen to you. You'll also become old. You'll also find it difficult to move. You will become sick and somebody will attend to you. 
it's only a matter of time. To think that, oh, there's a lot of time, it's not happening to me. That's the way the mind functions, right? It's going to happen to you. So first of all, our present situation, although it is materially comfortable, cozy and nice, it's not permanent. It's not permanent. It's number one. And number two, uh, on, the other, on the top is what Krishna has already told you. And he said, you surrender to me. The number two is thinking that, yeah, I know it's not permanent, but there's time. <laughs> the next thing you shelter yourself with is, I heard that, I heard that because I've, I know that one day I'm going to die. But there is time, you know, there's a lot of time. There's plenty of time. Slowly it happens. So when everything is through and I am old and have nothing more to do, that's the time when I should spend time doing this. I'll wait. One thing is, one thing is taking shelter <coughs> and understanding that this is temporary. The other thing is saying that I'll postpone it for some time, that it takes some time. The danger with that is when you postpone it, uh, you will find it that it's not so easy to do it when you're very old. You'll regret, you'll think that I should have done it earlier. I should have made it a habit. I should have trained myself. It's very difficult to do it when I'm old. And to think that the most important thing in your life can be postponed for the end is not a very good decision. It's always better to do as much as you can do, right from now onwards. The famous Prahlav, he said, you must start when you are five years old. Kaumaram Acharat Prajna. When you are a Kumara itself, you must start must start practicing it on the side. So in our movement we have devotees who start doing it and small kids do it. He was playing the Murdanga now. He's been trained to play Murdanga. He learned to chant Hare Krishna. He learned to worship the Lord. You make it a habit. You slowly train yourself. You train yourself. If you do early, you don't lose anything actually. You can continue to do everything else that you're doing. You can continue to do everything else you're doing. There is no loss. It's a good habit to learn to worship Krishna, to chant Hare Krishna, to get together and read Bhagavad Gita. Do some of these things. It's not a loss at all. So if you start doing it, you start developing a taste for it. And over a period of time, it becomes part of your daily routine. And then when you're older, you'll see that you can intensify it more. You can spend more time on it. You can read Bhagavadam for a longer time. Nobody is bothering you. You're old. Nobody is expecting something out of you. And so you get good time. You don't spend your time watching TV and 
you know, making useless phone calls and sending messages and killing time. You don't know what to do. But you get this taste because you've been doing it for long. You get this nice taste and they say, I know what to do. It's not that I have free, free time. I read the Bhagavad, I feel so happy. I can read the Bhagavad Gita, I feel so happy. Why? Because physically you are a little weak. But intellectually, mentally you are pretty mature. And this is the right thing to do when you are older. Your intellect feeds on these things much better. You start thinking more deeply. Many people start writing when they are older. Right? You can't do physical things so much. You can't walk along for too long. You can't carry yourself. But they can actually do intellectual things, mental things. They become very mature internally. And that's the right time to read Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavad, with deeper understanding. But you will do that only if you have cultivated a habit from before. Right? Therefore, don't think that there is time for you. If you don't have that habit, you will most probably not be able to do it when you're old. Your mind will become so crazy and you will not be able to start a new habit at that age. Better to do it right away. That's why it's wonderful that small kids, they're chanting Hare Krishna, they're sitting in a Bhagavadam class in Bhagavad Gita and they read, they mug up some shlokas, and uh, all these things are great things because they will remember it and they will develop a taste for it. So number one, to think that everything is permanent, cozy, comfortable, which it's not, it's temporary. Number two, think that you have a great amount of time and uh, things can wait. Actually, the most important things in your life should not wait for the lesser important things. They say in management that most important things should not be at the mercy of less important things. Our life should be, because it's so important to know who am I, who is God, what's my relationship, what am I doing here, it's so important that you must give it some central space in your life. Actually that's the way many people talk about balance work-life balance. I'm not able to balance my life and work. Sometimes devotees feel I'm not able to balance my spiritual life and my work and my profession and everything. Uh, there's a central principle. The central principle is what is very important? We should sit and think about it. What's really very important for me in my long life? What's most important to me? We should write it down. You will see invariably, self-realization is very important. My spiritual progress is maybe the most important. So we should make the spiritual progress the central piece of life and have other things move around it. I call this balance. What's the most important thing should not be at the mercy of less important things. Right? So, some amount of importance we give it and do it every day and make this, I will not do other things without this. For me, this is most, many people are like that. 
many people, at least in India, I see that they will get up in the morning, do their puja, do their yoga, do their certain things. Without that, they don't do anything else. For them, that's the most important thing to do. In the daily schedule, they wake up in the morning and do puja. They got a habit. They take their bath, they do their puja, they chant their japa, they read Bhagavad Bhagavad Gita. Only then they'll get out. Even some of the best people I know are very disciplined in doing these core things. Once they come out, then they're available to everybody the whole day till night, 10 o'clock. And after that, they have their private space. And in the morning, they don't want anybody to disturb them. Even their family members don't disturb them. Nobody talks. And all these things are done. Some good things. And that, throughout their life, they maintain. They expand it towards their later life in a bigger way. Right? Because they made that the central piece. Keeping that center and moving this. But a lot of times people think that what's important is this and whenever I have time, I'll go to the Hare Krishna meetings. Sometimes if I don't, I don't go. Because it's not important. If it's not important, then it will not be important till the end. Right? So it's very important to... You may spend more hours doing all other things, but you may spend less time doing this but it is important and you will make that the center. It's not about how many hours you spend. People spend two hours, two and a half hours in the morning. I'll do my puja and then only get out. See, many people like that in India. They do their exercise, their yoga, they'll do their puja and everything. Nobody at home disturbs them. Two, two and a half hours. And then they will look into other things and they'll go and do the whole day. They're busy with their profession. So, it's easy to make it the central, most important thing. You don't need to spend much time. Chanting Hare Krishna every day, I chant four rounds a day, Japa. It takes me half an hour to forty minutes. I must do that. I'll set aside time for this. This is very important to me. I can sit and chant Hare Krishna. I read Bhagavad Gita for half an hour a day. It be in the afternoon, during lunch, or be in the early morning, or it be in the night. But I would do that. Preferably in the morning is better. I do that. If you simply do the simple things and keep that, you will see it will gradually every day add up, cumulatively add up, and make it very nice for you. In the later life, to completely adopt it. Because it's been the central piece of your life. Yeah. So don't let your spiritual life, which is so important, be a hobby. There's a saying that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. We are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are actually spiritual beings having a human experience. And therefore, which is more important? It's the fact that we are spiritual beings. Our human experience will end. There's birth, there is death. It will end. Right? So therefore, make this the central piece. In this way, gradually, if you adopt, especially 
Prabhupada's movement, uh, we follow Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's prescription. And Lord Chaitanya's prescription is very simple. Very simple. Everybody can do that. To chant Hare Krishna, to offer your food to Krishna, and take prasadam, to do Kirtan Bhajan, to read Bhagavad Gita Bhagavat a little bit every day. You don't have to spend all your 24 hours. Two hours a day. One hour in the morning, one hour in the evening, and that makes a very good you know, system. Out of 24 hours a day, I think you should spend at least two hours, one by twelve. Isn't it? Isn't it important to spend at least so much for yourself? Sure. So, simple things like this, if we do, life will become much better, more enjoyable, balanced. People talk about balance in life, You'll see your life will be very balanced if you do this. You, you, you definitely see you'll have much more time for other things. When I started chanting Hare Krishna first, I remember telling this, this is my practical experience. I remember I used to go to the temple in Bangalore. It was situated in a place called West of Kaur, in a small rented house. And uh, I came from Bombay and Bombay got introduced in the big Bombay temple. Uh, and when I came to Bangalore doing my job, uh, I would go every week and there's a Malaysian devotee there who used to welcome me and give me a place to sleep. I would go uh, Friday nights after the work, I come back late, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock and I go and crawl into the place at 11 o'clock in the night into the temple and I attend Mangalarati the next day and I'm there the whole day and everything. Uh, initially, before this happened, I used to come and go on Sundays. At that time, the devotees used to tell me, can you chant around Japa? The first time I got uh, introduced and said, will you chant Japa? I said, no, 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 I can't do all that. I'm actually a busy man. I don't have time at all for chanting. How long does it take? It takes 10 minutes. I don't have time. I really didn't have time. And I was really thinking, I can come and go and hear some Bhagavad Gita and eat some prasad and go, but don't ask me to do all this. But the devotee was very smooth. He said, just one round and chant. And then since he was so sweet and every time he bring me so much prasadam uh, and treat me very nicely. So I was giving donation and everything, but they were quietly asking me, will you chant Japa? And I would say, no, 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 no. And then finally, when the, after several weeks of visit and eating enough prasadam, uh, finally I said, okay, I'll chant one wrong. Oh, very nice. Please, here is mala. I don't need a mala. No, no, you keep mala. No, I'll chant without mala. I was afraid of taking the mala. And she chant mala. I said, okay, okay. And then the next time I came, was it easy to chant? I said, yeah, I chant on my finger. Now, did you lose count and all that? Yeah, I lost count. That's why I'm telling you, take the mala. And someone pushed the mala into me. So I said, okay, mala, this bag and all that. Okay. And that mala came inside my life. It was lying on the table. And every time I would see it, nice. I put my finger inside. I feel like chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. Chant one wrong. It's nice, actually. I felt good. And then slowly, after it goes, sometimes they'll say, how many rounds you're chanting now? 
one round you told me that. It will be nice if you can make it four rounds. No, 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 I told you I don't have time at all. I don't have time at all, you know. I can't chant, you say, this is what I said to you in the beginning itself. I can't chant. Now you ask me to chant for, no, no, not forcing you. You chant, but I don't have time. You see, the chanting is such that you will see that if you start chanting four rounds, you'll have more time. I said, how is that possible? You will just see. The Hare Krishna Mantra goes inside and expands itself. It finds its space. I said, uh, then it started asking me again and again, you chant more. I said, okay, and I started chanting four rounds. Actually, I felt very good after chanting four rounds. And it was true, right? But spare time. And I started reading Bhagavad Gita. And then after some time, I on my own started chanting more. And I was chanting 16 rounds within the next four months. And then I was coming to them and said, now you're chanting, I told you. I said, yeah, it's amazing. I started chanting 16 rounds and I have time to come here. I have time to do many things. So I told you. It's amazing. It's amazing. It gets into your system and everything becomes normal. It is just that feeling you think, oh, I cannot do this. Spiritual life, no, don't ask me to come to me. You're the one who says that. But actually, if you start reading Bhagavad Gita and read and chanting, you will see it becomes quite normal. It's quite normal to spend in the morning two hours chanting and reading a little bit becomes perfectly normal. Because the more you chant, the more all the bad habits go. You don't have to smoke, you don't have to drink, you don't have to make coffee and tea every now and then. You don't have to spend money and all these things. All that you save time and money. And you will see you have extra time. It's true, it works like magic. And you will see it's perfectly normal to chant and go to work and do everything. Right? So these are interesting things. When Prabhupada introduced chanting of the Holy Name, many people went through this and they chanted and they felt, wow, it is rice. It fits me correctly. The perfect meditation for this age is to chant. And if you chant, you'll slowly take shelter of Krishna. Simply chant and read this Bhagavad Gita. You'll see, you have all the time in the world and more. This is magic. Balance will happen automatically. You won't believe it un until you actually do it. Until you actually do it. Whether your housewives at home or you're working in a profession, just set aside time for this and everything else will adjust itself to that. Hmm? Reading Bhagavad Gita is wonderful. Reading Bhagavad Gita is wonderful. Every day you will learn something new. I bet you will learn something. And so amazing it will be that you like to talk to somebody else about it. You will want to talk to somebody else about it. Gradually you get settled normally in this type of living. You will take shelter of Krishna naturally. And every time anything challenges you, you will chant Hare Krishna, you will think of, let me pray to Krishna. You will not go to that person, this person, go to the astrologer and ask him, 
what will happen to me, which parihara to do, how much money to spend, which temple to go and do this yoma, yajna, none of these things you'll find is necessary. It's enough if you pick your beads and chant Hare Krishna and read Bhagavad Gita. You'll feel more satisfied. Right? This is the meaning of taking shelter of Krishna. I don't need anything else. Shatta, Shabde, Vishwasa, Kohile, Sutridha, Nishaya, Krishna Bhakti, Kohile, Sarva Karma, Krutahoya. Shraddha, faith, actually means that I don't need to do anything else. If I chant Hare Krishna and pray to Krishna, that is enough. This means you have taken shelter of Krishna. You don't feel the need to actually go to any other type of shelter, any other plan. It's enough for me if I pray to Krishna. Whatever Krishna desires, I will accept. Right? This is shelter. This is surrender. You have full faith. Whatever you do to me, Krishna, I am okay with that. I am okay with that. I am happy to actually be sheltered and protected in this way. However you want to protect me. This is the great thing about all the Pandavas. The Pandavas were very exalted devotees. And how Krishna sheltered them constantly was appreciated by Narada Muni. And he told them, do you know that who Krishna is? Who is your cousin? He is riding your chariot. He becomes a messenger for you. He is a you know, friend. He is you know, somebody whom you call, yeah, let's do this, let's do that, like a member of your family. Do you know? He is the Supreme Personality of God. He is the person the whole Vedas speak about. He is wonderful. How can you not know that He is that person whom you are treating very casually? Because they were devotees. And they were completely surrendered to Krishna's plan. And Krishna was listening to Yudhishthira Maharaj like as though he was his servant. And Yudhishthira said, please go and go as a messenger to Hastinapura and see if you can bring some peace. Yes, I'll try to do. I don't have much hope, but I'll try to do. Arjuna is telling, Krishna, come on, ride the chariot and put it in between the two armies. I want to see. Krishna actually rides a chariot like a driver. You tell the driver, ah, go to this place. You get into the car, bang the door and say, go get to this place. He goes, yes sir. Like that, Krishna was doing that. Because they were sheltered by Krishna. And they are completely surrendered to Krishna. And even when Krishna was there, Draupadi got this attempt was made to disrobe her. And they went to they have been cursed to go to the forest for 14 years. And it is not that they thought that oh Krishna is not sheltering me. He's sending me to the forest. They were perfectly sheltered. Krishna came to the forest and gave Draupadi the Akshay Patra. You'd never go hungry. Your husbands would never go hungry. Right? Anything you want, you ask me, anytime I'll come. Whenever they thought of Krishna, you'll be there. And he would give them whatever they need. This is the meaning of shelter. Shelter means every 
time you can approach, like the child can all the time approach the mother. For anything the child will scream out mom and come to the mother. So same way you will see if you do chanting and reading Bhagavad Gita, you get into the habit of depending on Krishna. Getting into the habit, training yourself to depend on Krishna. Sheltering yourself with Krishna consciousness. So Prabhupada has created this beautiful society, the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, and you have a huge umbrella of devotees, and you can take shelter of so many, ask questions, clarify, and understand the uh, methodology of how to take shelter, and in this way you'll remain very much protected and happy in the larger community of so many people helping you and sheltering you. Uh, so, in the Bhagavatam, in the Bhagavad Gita and in so many places, there is reference to so many devotees of the Lord who have decided to take shelter of Krishna. And all these stories are like that. All these happenings are like that. That devotees have firmly decided there is no other shelter but this. In so many Leelas you will see in Prahalad whom we were talking about, he completely took shelter of Krishna. Whatever you do to me, his father did all sorts of things to him. Whatever you do to me, I will never forget Krishna. And Krishna constantly protected Prahalad. It became such a great problem for Hiranyakashipu, his father, that he had to challenge his son, you rascal, who is that person protecting you? I am trying to kill you. I personally gave you poison. I dropped you from the cliff. I threw you in the ocean. I get, got you trampled by elephants. I did everything possible. You jumped back to life again and again. Who is that person protecting you? Where is he? And Prahlad was very sweetly responding. My father, the same person who is giving you intelligence to do all these things, the same person protecting me. He gave such sweet replies and father was so irritated because he was not sheltered by the Lord. But Prahalad was completely sheltered and he was very cool. His pulse was 42 <laughs> and his father was getting so angry. He said, I am the Lord and master of everything. You must worship me, not anybody else. Vishnu, I'll finish him. Who is he? He was more agitated and Prahalad was very cool, very sheltered happy. This is what happened to you. If you become a devotee, you will see people who are not taking shelter of the Lord are far more agitated because they think I am capable of doing. Ahankara vimudhatma kartaham iti manyade. They will be filled with false ego, ahankara. And I can do everything. Those are the people who will be agitated the most. But those who think that I am incapable, I need the shelter, I don't know and they keep complete shelter of the Lord. They are the people who are stress-free. I am completely stress-free, why? I can take shelter of the Lord. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, 70 years old, two heart attacks over, another stroke he had and then he was preaching and moving all over the world. Everybody was wondering, how is this person doing this? And every time he was smiling, talking to people, he had all the time in the world, everybody was wondering, 
he showed very clearly, I am sheltered by Krishna. I have no worries. I am only anxious to serve the Lord. I am only anxious to serve the Lord. Day and night he was working. And everybody could see this person is personally sheltered. They could see that he has no worries. He is only anxiety to serve the Lord. And in any situation he was very peaceful, depending on the Lord. The art of taking shelter, you can see in Prabhupada. Seventy years old, he started the movement, traveled in a ship, you know, for nearly two months. And his life, if you've read his life history, is so beautiful. It's completely about shelter. Completely about shelter. Beautiful. Right? You must read the life history of Prabhupada. All the type of things that can happen to you, if you internally decide, forget it. I take shelter. In the eleventh canto, there is another beautiful story of a prostitute called, uh, her name is Pingala. It's a nice story told by, you know, Krishna to Uddhava. The prostitute was always thinking in her mind. Every day she had to get up and she had to dress very nicely, pose and attract customers. And then, okay, today I got my income. Right, I can get my food and everything. This amazing example. And uh, one fine day, she started thinking a little introspectively. And as she was trying to get customers, she found that nobody was coming. So she was thinking that, and every person who was walking, she was thinking, oh, though maybe this is a person who is going to, you know, give me what I need today. Maybe this person, maybe this person, maybe this person. And it never happened. So she started thinking, how long will I be like this? Constantly depending on, that person will give me what I want, this person will give me what I want. And she remembered instructions she has got, how she should depend on Krishna. And then she decided that day, actually, what am I doing with life? Consistently unsheltered, consistently in suspense about things that are going to happen. How long will I live like this? Actually, I've made a very big mistake. I have not at all depended on Krishna. And I'm depending on so many others outside of me. Since that day she decided, forget it. Krishna is everything for me. I've been taught this before. I know about this. I am not bothered. And she went to sleep very peacefully that day, more than any, any other days. Sukham Sushwapa Pingala. It's mentioned in the Bhagavad that that day she slept very soundly and never again she went back to her profession because she surrendered to Krishna. In this, this, this instance of a prostitute doing this, in everybody's life, at some point of time, we can come to the point where I know that I don't need anybody else. I need to completely take shelter of Krishna. At that time, you become really very peaceful. You may have a lot of things to do, like Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, but internally, you're peaceful. I'm not looking for shelter. I'm not looking for shelter. I'm sheltered. This 
is success in human life. At the time when you are able to do everybody in his life before he dies should be able to do this. Your life should be led in such a way at that one point of time I am sheltered. Then your life is successful. You can go back to Krishna. So think about these things. Krishna's offer. Mahasucha, don't fear, please surrender to me. Now if you if you take another choice and say, no, no, uh, just you wait, please. I'll try to do that a little later. You'll see how your life is and how your life will be if you actually make an effort to surrender to Krishna. Right? This is what Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada's mission is about and so many devotees all over the world have taken this seriously and sheltered, got themselves sheltered by Krishna and his representatives. So this is success in human life and it is possible to do it right now here. If you read the books of Prabhupada, associate with his devotees and follow this process, you can do that. I want to welcome you all to try it out. Krishna is also telling, why don't you try it? Invest in me. I will give you shelter. You don't have to think that your mother, your father, your wife, your children, your bank balance, your properties, your assets, your insurance policies, all of them are going to really give you shelter. They don't. Invest in me. Krishna is saying, Manmana bhavamat bhaktahe madhyaji maam namaskuru. Learn to love me you will become sheltered and happy and peaceful. So I request all of you to try it out. Om Tat Sat Hare Krishna Shri Prabhupada Ki Any question? Yeah. What is the meaning of shelter? I explained to you in the example of a child and a mother. What is the what is your goal? Actually, you started that from Japa, and initially you don't want to do that, but uh, then you started that. Yeah. But, uh, what is your goal? Why did you do that? I did that because. You did for someone, or actually you want? What is your goal right now? Yeah, I'll explain that. To you. I did that because not that that they told me to do Japa alone. I was going there to hear the philosophy. I am hearing the philosophy from them. And they are proposing that you please chant Hare Krishna. This philosophy will be better understood by you and you'll be able to do practically certain things which will make you happier, more sheltered and protected. So not only did I read, not only did I chant Hare Krishna, but I also experienced that. I experienced that by watching now that I had this knowledge of Bhagavad Gita, I watched the rest of the world and what things are happening to other people and what's happening to me too. And then by adjusting myself mentally and taking that shelter, I also experienced that presence. Experience means what? Experience means experience. Just like experience of eating food. You will eat food, you experience. There's a nice example given in the Bhagavad. What is experience? You have hunger. Do you have hunger? Yeah. And then you have to eat something. 
in order to appease your hunger. I'm explaining to you. Exactly, I'm explaining that only to you. Please listen. Hunger you have and you need to eat something in order to appease your hunger. So you most probably go home, cook up something or you go to the restaurant or you order for a pizza to your house. You do one of these things or if you're at home, you tell your wife to cook and you sit down, three things happen to you. Number one, you become, first thing when you take the few mouthful and say, you become pleased. Ah, I got food. Then next, you get energy. And third, your hunger is finished. Tushti pushti shut apaya In the same way, the Bhagavatam explains, everybody has a thirst for getting shelter. Deeply inside, you constantly feel a need. You try to patch it up in many different ways. But that need never gets appeased. But if you take the shelter of Krishna, just like your hunger gets these three things happening to you, Tushti, Pushti, Kshut, Apaya hai. Tushti means satisfaction. Pushti means nourishment. Kshut, Apaya hai means your hunger is getting appeased. These three things, you will see it happening to you as an experience. Not just in theory. In experience, you will see happy. That is what will happen to you. When you chant Hare Krishna, slowly that will start happening to you. When you read Bhagavad Gita, slowly that will start happening to you. When you associate with others and hear the philosophy and understand life, it will start happening to you. And by your own experience, you know it is happening to you and you will do more of it. I can't give you my experience. I can't cut and copy and paste my experience into you. No, no, what's the I can, goal of your doing this one? No, one thing is to ask, what is the experience? Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you that if you do this, you'll also have that experience. Like if I'm eating gulab jamun, you can't ask me, what is the experience of eating gulab jamun? Please eat it. Eat the gulab jamun, here it is. Right? You have to eat it, you will experience it. But I can't cut and paste my experience of gulab jamun on you. It doesn't work like that. We are not robots. There's no machine learning and deep learning that we can do here and exchange that. We need a conscious experience from inside. And that's available to you if you chant Krishna's names and if you follow this instruction that Krishna has given to you. And the goal of that, again I come back to you, is you will become happy, really, from inside out. And you will experience that. For just a happiness, do you want to continue to return? It's not just happiness. For just happiness only, you're doing many other things that you're doing. Yeah. Are you not doing everything else that you're doing for happiness? Why are you working hard? Why are you laboring to look after your family members? Why are you socially doing certain things, everything? Of course it's meant for my satisfaction and happiness. Naturally. If I'm not getting that, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. That's my motivation, right? Same way, I get a much deeper level of happiness. Right now we're getting a bodily, mental, intellectual, maybe at the most levels of happiness. But you can get a spiritual level of happiness 
which is most satisfying, deeply satisfying. You can try it and see. And if it doesn't, you always have the option to kick it off. Nobody is forcing you. Even Krishna is not forcing you. In the end, in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is telling Arjuna, Please think about it. Vimrishya, deliberate on it. And if you want, you may do. If you don't want, don't do. It's up to you. If you don't have that experience, if you don't feel it's needed, don't do. It's only an option. Nobody is forcing you. We are not Hitler trying to tell you to do it. Hail Hitler, you must do it. Otherwise you go to the concentration camp or you get shot. No, Krishna himself is saying, if you like to not do it, I am okay with it. God is your father. Just like you don't tell your son, do this. Right? It will really warp him. It will actually spoil his whole individuality and his personal life. So you always do it in a choice mode. Would you like to do this? Would you like to eat this? What about this? That's how you're bringing up your child. Isn't it? Same way Krishna is posing this to you as an alternative because he has concern for you. Just like you're going to tell your child, this is very nice for you. If you eat this, it's no good for you now. If you do this, it's good for you. That's how you're posing it. And if he says no, most probably you won't pose him. Same way, Krishna is also telling you, because he knows it is good for you. Don't do it, it's okay. Not do it, or do, do it or don't do it. Uh, okay. That's not my question actually. Yes. So why, why should we do that? If we do that, some goal should be there. The like goal, the goal. See, somebody else is like eating a gulab jam. Are in terms of the pasty, what is the meaning of the pasty on the spirituality? ultimate happiness. That's why I'm doing it. That's what you are contradicting, right? Pardon? You are telling that that's contradicting, security. You are just looking for your happiness. But you are telling that the first thing itself you surrender to Krishna. Yes. You don't need to think about anything. Then why you are feeling about your security? Thinking about your security. No, that comes later as a consequence of doing this. It comes as a consequence of surrender then you get that security. Right? Because I get that security. It's not that you... That's, that's your question. What are you getting out of it? Yes. What is your benefit your by doing this? Right. So the benefit is... See, the benefit I'm explaining to you is very intangible. It's not something very tangible. We are used to tangible benefits. We very easily understand tangible benefits. I get money. I get fame. I get position, I get so many shares, I get this, I get that, I can understand. But this is very fine. This is fine. The problem with modern, the problem with the world that we live in is values 
for valuable assets is very low you do not know what you're going to get because you don't know its value that's a problem what you value i have to speak in terms of that then maybe you will understand if i tell you you're going to get a million bucks in your bank oh now we can understand but if i tell you you're going to get bhakti who wants that because we don't have value for that if i tell you you're going to get shelter oh so what because we don't have value for all these things in our value systems but these are the things that are of value that's why i give the example of a mother and a child there's something extremely valuable going on that the mother is giving the child which modern society does not know about therefore the mother and child are separated mother goes to work leaves the child somewhere in a daycare because there's no value for that intangible great valuable asset that comes out of that this is our problem that's why you cannot value very subtle intangible thing like shelter love of the lord but these are the greatest treasures human society has become so degraded that we don't value it they don't value it that's why we suffer and the suffering also we go through and we patch it up in many different ways as though you know the solution yourself you make your own material patches but you still are in the same condition so please take a little effort to understand these fine intangible results that you will get when i give you the example of a child and a mother there is something amazing of value happening there and the mother knows the child needs it the child needs my love my affection my attention there's a deep subtle psychological thing happening there and if we neglect that the child will grow in a completely different way research proves that now but what the problem is we are not paying value to that that's the problem right same way what to speak about it that's why we need to train and educate people about the value of shelter of the lord there's no value for that there's no value for that as much as give a very crude example i don't have value for my child's actual shelter its growth and its deep requirement of my presence in his life if i don't value it i don't give it <coughs> so that's the problem with our degraded human society now in the age of kali so what we are trying to do is make you value the lord's shelter it's a difficult job it's a very deeply subtle intangible valuable asset that you need values have shifted to only gross things how much money i have how much influence i can reach in human society how many power i have and control over people these are not really very valuable they disappear including your life but these type of values they live life after life with you they come afterwards with you do you think that do you have another life ah uh, right so then that's why you have to read bhagavad gita more 
I very much think we are eternal souls and we have already done many lives and we will definitely have another life. This is explained in the Bhagavad Gita. Right? If you read that, you will also be able to understand that logic. Any other question? Any other question? Om Tat Sat. Yeah, okay. Thank you so much for explaining our observation. Uh, related to what the discussion that went after this thing, I was thinking about the what Lord Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita about four kinds of people who come to him. One of them is distressed by I was thinking that in the modern world there is a every solution, as you were saying, there is a for every distress there is a solution in the modern world. So therefore, the people who undergo those things are also taking charge of those patches instead of actually uh, intellectually going inside and thinking what's why I'm suffering. So my question basically is that modern culture is providing a different kind of temporary shelters and making them forget the shelter. And how can such a person come to actually think what's my real shelter? Yeah, I, I feel like it's very becoming very difficult to for the persons to come to that state of thinking. Education. Education is required. That's the mission of Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. It won't be easy to educate also. You become redundant because people think this is enough for me. Find an immediate solution, <coughs> a quick fix. But you have to make them understand the long-term vision of their life actually what's going to happen. The illusion of thinking that I will not die. The illusion of thinking that everything is permanent. All those illusions, you can, if you're a little intelligent, you can understand. It doesn't require great intelligence. You become thoughtful and you ask these questions. That's why people who are a little intelligent, they will be able to inquire. And if they are not, by associating with people who are thinking about all these things, they will also start thinking in this way. So these are the things that Prabhupada adopted and said that that's why there should be a society of people who are talking about these things. Million dollar questions about life. What? Who am I? What am I doing here? What is birth? What is death? Why do I suffer in between? These are real questions of life. And everybody should be encouraged to look into this. That's what is really education. That's what's education. Not that you only educate yourself on how to do all the different patchwork stuff and keep yourself surrounded by a temporary feel-good pharmacopoeia that you're 
talk about you know tell tell yourself and others about and then in history you will see this is repeatedly failed everywhere history teaches us so it requires intelligence to see it proper said there's goat philosophy is it goats are getting butchered all queued up one after the other they go through this narrow lane and they automatically get their head gets cut off but the goat is not able to understand i'm going towards my death i'll be butchered i won't live anymore instead he's looking at and seeing whether he can get the next something to chew on what to do human beings are not meant to be like that animals they are supposed they have got the brains and the intelligence you must put it to use and ask these questions in life not just you keep on asking question how to earn more money how to get more gratification how to become famous how to become the same gratify yourself subtly grossly everything alone that is a trap that's a trap your mind constantly mundaneizes even a spiritual idea given to you it's very powerful trap you are in to recognize i am in such a trap is you know 90% of the job most people like you said don't believe that i need it i'm okay but actually you're not okay bhakti siddhant sri thakur gurus proper's guru he gave the example of a mad house where the people who are mad don't think they are mad that's the meaning of a mad house you're inside the mad house why and when you go to give him an injection say what nonsense nothing wrong with me i got nothing wrong with me who said i'm all of the mad people are like that you know even the simple thing bipolar disorder they refuse to take treatment you know i am coming through counseling some of them the doctor is saying that it's not it's not very mild form now you just need to take a little medication and some chemical imbalance will be okay and you see he shows case histories of all these people and those people are there to speak that yeah i was feeling like that i'm perfectly all right now you should do this how dare you take me to this doctor who told you i am something wrong with you nothing is wrong with me sadhi ah! yelling screaming this what's wrong with you <coughs> this is what's wrong with you why are you shouting yelling screaming for the small thing it's very difficult to convince somebody that you are mentally sick because the mind is working against it so proper gave this example of the mad house the doctor has got a tough time trying to give an injection to some of them for your benefit so the patient attacks the doctor nothing is wrong with me so something like that you see people ask questions people always want to know uh, i don't need it whatever you're trying to tell me the bhagavad gita i don't need it nothing is wrong with me that's itself mental sickness because if you use your little intelligence you know i'm going to die and you know just my horoscope is good right now so things are not happening but people who are miserable they come say yeah yeah i need it i need it it's just up the giant wheel you go up and down it's just a matter of time things happen to you because even if your horoscope is good you will die it's not that because your horoscope is nice you're not dying right so if you don't have intelligence a little bit 
difficult. But we try our best. That's all. We pray to Krishna that mercy should descend and this person should understand. Otherwise, look after your own business. Thank you, Yeah. Can I ask one more question? Sure, if there's nobody else. Anybody else want to ask a question? Oh, yeah. And after that, get back to you. Thank you for, for the wonderful lecture. So, the question is, I think you talked you talk about the shelter, sharanati and those things. And now, is there an eligibility, like, I am living in a materialistic world and doing so many sinful things on it, and then I am at the lowest part on it. Now, do I, how do I know that I have eligibility to take that? Like, you are, you are giving a spiritual like an ultimate thing on it, but I am I am at the lowest level on it. And is I am eligible to take that Sharanagati on it, first thing. Second thing is, even if I take the Sharanagati, I am so much deviated on different different things on it. Today I might feel that okay, I am taking Sharanagati on it, like after having a couple of miseries in my life and the next day on it and said that oh, I, I did Sharanagati, but nothing in like I'm so materialistic here. Now I'm I'm thinking of all small short terms on it and did not get what I'm thinking on it or with with some intention on it. So how do how do I know that? How can I be like a like a, a perfect soldier where I'll be following up on it to such a way that I can be a good devotee to do the shadow. It takes time and patience, number one. Don't think Sharanagati is like applying for a job and getting it. It's not a, it's not a material exercise. Okay? That's, that's something very important to know because you're using these terminologies. I took Sharanagati and then it feels like that. These are all theoretical questions, first of all. You're imagining all these things even before you do it. That's the first thing. Don't overthink it. Krishna's instructions are pretty simple and uh, you qualify yourself irrespective of who you are and what situation you are. Krishna did not lay any conditions when he said you surrender to me. Right? And Prabhupada explains in the purport very wonderfully. If you simply do it, you become qualified after that. The qualification is that you are surrendered. You remain disqualified as long as you don't surrender. The moment you surrender to Krishna, you become very qualified. So there is no qualification for surrender. Because everybody is Krishna's child. Mama Ivamsha Jeeva Loke Jeeva Bhuta Sanatana Pita Hamasya Jagato Mata Data Pita Maha I am your father, I am your mother, I am your grandfather, great grandfather. Everything for you eternally. Krishna is making that statement in Bhagavad Gita. So, is he going to say, if the father is going to say, not you, my son, you are not qualified. He is not picking and choosing. Father doesn't do that. Mother doesn't do that to the child. Unconditionally, he is offering his shelter. But if you do that, if you actually run to your father and say, I have nobody else but you, I have realized it, that's it, you become qualified. 
the Sharanagati itself is a qualification. Right? That's what's mentioned. And uh, it's not that uh, Sharanagati means certain things will happen to you, a halo will come around your head. And you, if you don't touch the ground anymore, you will glide. And something physically normal will happen to you. See, 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 it's happening to me. Don't expect all these things to happen physically and in the gross platform and all that. You become dependent on the Lord and His mercy. And gradually you will see that your spiritual level, your understanding of life about yourself, about God and everything really moves up. Your life becomes rich with feelings and emotions for God, for Krishna. Then you will see your life experience is very enriched, irrespective of all the things that happen around you and happen as per your horoscope. Internally you are enriched in life. Then you know that I have got mercy. Right? It is not, that's what I gave the explanation of the Pandavas. It's not that the Pandavas at any time went back to Krishna complaining and said, you are supposed, we are supposed to be your devotees here, why are you doing this to us? Why did you send us to the forest for 14 years? Why did you disturb my, you know, loving wife? Why did you kill all my sons at the end of the war? Why did you do all these things to me? My son, Abhimanyu, died and you were standing next to me. What? The shelter you gave me. It's not the way to judge. They never judged like that. They didn't judge like that. Rather, they were going through such a great enriching experience that Kunti, at the end, is telling me, Give me all those miseries again and again because I was so enriched in love of you and filled with an experience. Right? I really felt I have something. Give me those experiences again. That's what she's asking. That's that's why she's asking is not because she's some sort of an addict for you know misery. Give me my shot of misery. I'm addicted to misery or something like that, stupid. No. Because of the rich Krishna conscious experience that it gives me, right? I am addicted to that. What situation in life will give me that? I want that situation. If it's misery, I want that situation. That's the reading. So don't think Sharanagati means physically many things will be alright. Oh, my mother is fine, my father is fine, I surrender to Krishna. See, all materially everything is fine. This is the problem with us. First of all, we don't know what is Sharanagati. And we attribute these things to Sharanagati. And we expect these things which you falsely attributed also. All sorts of things go inside us. That's why Prabhupada has given the six characteristics of Sharanagati. Anukulyasya Sankalpa Pratikulyasya Vajanam Rakshishya Deeti Vishwaso Gopitriva is rested that in the purport. It's a beautiful analysis of what is the meaning of surrender. I didn't go into the detail, technical details of it. Maybe it's too much to go in this heterogeneous kahura. But you can read that if you want to know more. Then you know what is Sharanagati. Right? So don't take a theoretical if I do Sharanagati, then what will happen to me? Well, first you do it then you won't ask these questions anymore. It's an experience. Okay? Yeah, back to your question. In, uh, see, you talked about the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's 
instruction, very simple instruction. Stay where you are, chant Hare Krishna and share Krishna consciousness with others. And verses, this verse that we have read today, is that the beginning and this is the end or it's both are same? Is that a surrender? No, don't. You see, surrender is not like putting on and off the switch. It's on, it's off. It's not, you know, it just I, surrender, on, off, no surrender. No. There are a lot of things that happen in between the on and off. It's not just something like that. Surrender is a process, it's gradual, it's an experience. It's a education and enrichment of the soul. So it happens gradually and Krishna tests your surrender by putting you in various different situations too. And then you know yourself what is the pulse of my surrender. Gradually. It's not that you can say, I'm surrendered. I'm, uh, you know, surrendered. Why? Because I got initiated. I'm surrendered. None of these things mean you're surrendered. None of these external things mean. The problem with sadhakas is they think that by doing these external things, it's happened. Now it's going to happen. Oh, it's coming, it's coming. Nothing comes actually. Nothing comes. Wow, why? But it's not all these things. Indriyani paraniya hur indriyetya paramanaha manasastu parabuddhi yobuddhe paratastusa. Subtler than the gross body and senses is the mind. So more subtle than the mind is intelligence. More subtler than all of these together is He, the spirit soul. So when we are talking about something on that level, it's actually very subtle not to be compared to anything gross. But that subtle experience is not very far away because of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's process that you are talking about sincerely chant Hare Krishna without offenses and internally work on yourself. The problem with people is awakening devotion inside them and attending to things inside you. You are very lazy to do it. If you ask you to go to the gym and actually do this, you find it easier to do it. Go for a long walk and you do exercise, go to the gym, you do it. But anything mentally, it becomes more difficult. You have to go to a psychiatrist and he trains you, do this, do this, it's actually challenging. So imagine how much more challenging it would be for doing very subtle things. We are spiritually very lazy. We won't go to the spiritual gym inside. You know what I mean? You have a mental gym too that you can go to and practice. Krishna is telling Arjuna, practice and the mind can be controlled. So he is recommending a mental gym. Put yourself in these situations and do it. And then you will know that it's a completely different thing. It's more subtler. So spiritual life is a subtle thing and you have to go to that subtle gym inside. Awaken yourself. So it's an introspective process. Don't expect external results out of it. And that's not the way to judge it. Externally everything may remain same. You may still go to the gym and actually do exercises. That doesn't in any way indicate anything about what's happening to you inside. Right? 
that you will know only by your own experience. So it's an internal process. It takes the, as much time as you are willing to give it and as much as you are greedy for it. Tatramulyam laulyam. How much you want it really? Do you really want it? Ask yourself this question. How much you want it? How much eager you are to have it? According to that, Krishna will give it to you. Right? He's not going to give it to you if you don't really want it. It's not that some possession I should have and wear a badge. So please give it to me quickly, Krishna, I need the badge. No, this bhakti is not uh, a spiritual process and bhakti is not something so cheap. Right? So you have to be a little patient and deeply think about it and perform and wait. Yes. So, if someone never heard about uh, Krishna consciousness, uh, if somebody never heard about or doesn't know about Krishna consciousness, so is it possible that person has become um, self-realized or surrendered to God uh, or awakened to the God experience? The question, I'll rephrase it. Is it possible that somebody has never heard about Krishna consciousness? Is it possible that he'll become self-realized? Yeah, right, right. Is it what is the question? Yes, exactly. <coughs> what exactly you mean? Uh, we've been talking about... Have from me or him or him or him? He doesn't know about it. Will he become Krishna conscious? Good question. The Krishna Consciousness is a deep aspect and asset of the soul, of you. And it comes with you life after life. It's a permanent asset that doesn't finish with your life alone. Krishna explains this in Bhagavad Gita. Suchi nam shimatam gehe yogo prashto jayate And before that Krishna explains, whatever you accumulate spiritually, will remain with you but whatever you accumulate materially will not come with you it will change according to karma but your spiritual acquisition especially in devotional service devotional acquisition will remain as your permanent asset right and you will have many times people like Prabhupada when he preached in the western world many of these people came to help him instantly so Prabhupada said, you are all devotees sent by my spiritual master to help me in the western world. He already recognized them as persons who already in the past have been associated and are now coming to help him. Otherwise it wouldn't have been possible for him to get them so fast into it. Right? So he made this comment. So sometimes there are people who have made progress in the past in spiritual life and they don't need great amount of healing of Krishna consciousness a little thing triggers off they immediately again start practicing it that's the meaning of what Krishna is telling Arjuna he said there is no loss in this Swalpamapiyasya dharmasya trayate mahato bhayat this asset will never go whatever you have done 
It may not show up in your actual bank balance. It may not show up, anybody will not talk about it. But at Krishna's bank, you've got a permanent asset, credit. And life after life, you can use that to further it more and more. So sometimes you would see people who don't need to hear too much of Krishna consciousness. They simply take to it immediately, naturally. They don't need too much of great talking to and all that. They hear some little kirtan, they get interested, they start coming and they read once, they get to know everything again. It's just revival of everything that's already stored in their you know, asset bank. This is true. question was asked in the context uh, there are so many spiritual paths available for seekers uh, maybe like Advaita Shiva whatever right so my question was for someone is, uh, do you recommend only Krishna consciousness or it doesn't really matter as long as they are sincere as long as they are seeking uh, they are going to achieve um, you know deep in, inner peace and harmony uh, you said a lot of things. You said the goal is to achieve peace and harmony. Then you have said that there are many paths and your Krishna consciousness is one path. Of course, I didn't say all these things. I didn't present Krishna consciousness to you as a path. I presented Krishna consciousness to you as the ultimate reality. Right? How you get there, maybe there are different paths. How you get there, maybe different paths. That same Supreme Absolute Truth has come personally as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and recommended this is the path in this age in Kali Yuga. If you do this, you'll quickly achieve it. You'll quickly achieve it. So these are very bona fide and workable statements. And so by following that, many people have understood, yes, it's happening to me, right? So the proof of the pudding is in the eating. If you ask each of these people, how are you feeling? What is happening to you? Then they will be able to explain to you better, right? So it's right to say in one sense, it's a path. And there are other paths available. But maybe that the other paths don't work in this time and age, although they are available to you. Maybe this path is like taking a lift and the other paths are like taking the staircase or some other way of reaching. So although they are known as paths, how practical they will be, how achievable and executable they will be is a big question. So that's why we don't just go in the terms of paths. We actually read the scripture. The scripture is the authority for this. It's not that anybody is whimsical, capricious uh, imagination that he says, this is one path I have. A person who says that this is a path should be able to show it referenced in the premise of the scripture. If he says, this, I feel it is my path, then I don't have to follow it. That's why there's something called scripture. Is referenced there or not? If it is not, <coughs> I don't have to listen to it. But if it is referenced there, 
and does it say this is the path to be followed in this day and age at this time? Then I'll follow it. If not, I'm going to have a lot of difficulty using that path. Right? So, in the Bhagavatam, in the Bhagavad Gita, in all these places it's mentioned that in this age of Kali, in the Iron Age of Kali, this is the method of using. Yadapnoti tadavapnoti kalau sankirtana keshavam. In each of the different ages there are different paths. But in this age, this is a path that will give you instant result, easy, executable. All other things that you follow will never reach the end. Well, you get waylaid quite quickly in those paths because they are not fit for this age and they are not designed according to the human being in this age, his mindset, his disposition and the surroundings. They are not designed. So even the path is designed taking into consideration what situation you are. So there are experts who have done that and the Lord himself is involved and this is the path. So it's better to listen to that. Thank you. So what I'm presenting to you is not an alternate or it does one of the many paths and you can choose what you want. But I'm already giving you the prescribed path in this day and age to achieve that absolute goal. Hare Krishna, Om Tatsar. Oh, one more question, sorry. Thank you. Thank you so much, Maharaj, for your blessing and your association here. Um, I, was, uh, I was thinking over them and thank you so much for emphasizing on uh, now everybody has to die one day, uh, which is me. You had doubts about that? <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was really feeling that you know, how um, eagerly I have to um, seek shelter of Krishna and uh, really feel the complete shelter. But uh, um, I'm still you know, in the process of taking shelter and uh, still uh, being fearful sometimes and all these things. Um, but I'm just wondering, is uh, is there anything like you know, as much as uh, I do some uh, practical services, then uh, I might feel more shelter? Or is there any relationship like that in that? What what is the um, uh, relation of practical services? Of course, the devotees do this. Uh, you know, every day the direct services, chanting, hearing, and reading, for some time. But um, how, how does this practical services help us to deepen... By doing a service with your mind, with your body, with your words, you're giving yourself an opportunity for interacting and suffering. You should look at it like that. It's not that I'm just doing some work. I'm doing something and I will be credited with something like that. But actually what's really happening, that's the meaning of sadhana. The definition of sadhana means using your body, mind, words, intelligence. You serve the Lord. And you're consciously serving. My own, the meaning of service is nothing for me I'm expecting. I just want to please you. Because when the Lord is pleased, He blesses you to make spiritual advancement. 
That's how it works. <coughs> so, when you actually do service, you get a chance to interact in the material world with your senses and the material objects and offer it to Krishna. And there's always a challenge when material objects and your material senses and your desires all are put together. There will be challenges coming. And those challenges afford you an opportunity to depend on Krishna. That's why we do service. We can sit at the Himalayas and do nothing and chant Hare Krishna. But the progress will be taking more time. When we actually, that's the greatness of Prabhupada's genius in opening up a lot of different services for people and converting their tendency to do work, seek results into devotional service. So you'll actually see when you actually employ your mind, body, words, strategize, think and do all these things, you're purifying your activity and you're facing situations and in those situations you'll be forced to depend on Krishna. Machitta sarva durgani prasada tarishyasi Krishna is giving this advice to Arjuna. You will face many different challenges. Although I am sitting next to you in the chariot and riding in a chariot. When all these things happen, keep me in your consciousness. By my mercy you will overcome them. But if you don't, but if you think that you can do on your own, you will be lost. This will happen to you when you do devotional service. Even though you claim to be a devotee, you can lose your connection. Because false ego overcomes you and you think, I am the doer of this service and I am offering it to Krishna. Take it Krishna, I have given it to you. Krishna will cut it there for you. You will see this happening. Right? Chetasa sarvakarmani mai Buddhi Yogam Upashita Machitta Satatam Bhava These are all actually the science of performing work. How to do it very deeply analyzed. Krishna is advising Arjuna what mental makeup he should have, what consciousness he should endeavor to to become successful in execution. Right? So don't take service to be just some ordinary thing. Service affords an opportunity for you to surrender and all those things that come up in the service accept them happily think of Krishna and execute Krishna is not asking for any material success out of your service he wants you to progress in your surrender to him that is success you may fail in doing what you are supposed to do as devotional service but you will be succeeding in surrendering to Krishna inside that is what Krishna wants you may fail but you will actually be successful. This, all these things happen in devotional service. You know, Prabhupada failed in many ways in India. For 40 years he tried to preach, he failed and failed and failed. But all the time he was learning a lot inside. And then finally, boom, he went to America and completely succeeded. Everything he did. And he knew all the time it's Krishna's mercy. It's Krishna's mercy. He kept saying that. It's Krishna's mercy. Many times he went to a program where there's no audience. And there were only his devotees. And he gave a full lecture. And he said, never mind. He said, never mind. 
the walls I've heard. And he, play, he spoke like as though the audience were fully packed house. He spoke. He said, it's okay, Krishna has put me in this situation, I do this. That's how he built all over the world. It's not that life was very nice for him. He didn't get any great assistance. He didn't get any great that this, but with whatever was available, he just depended on Krishna. This is the scintillating thing about Prabhupada. It's not that he's a material genius, which may be. It's not that he's a great, you know, good at that and this or that. That may be. But the great thing about Prabhupada is, he constantly did what Krishna said in Bhagavad Gita. Machitta Saradurgani, Karmani. He was a walking, moving Bhagavad Gita man. You can see that in his life. If you read his life history, you'll see. Right? That's the great thing about Prabhupada. It's a Krishna conscious person. So we should cultivate that. The values are not based on these other things which normally people judge you. It's very personal and endemic to you. Every time you do this, it's for you and Krishna together. It's a connection. So cherish that. Live happily in that. That's the real wealth. Doesn't matter what people say. They don't know what experience you're having. In Prabhupada's life it was he and Krishna and he's going on conquering places. And he was not even bothered about the external success. He was going on and on and on and he's willing to go on because he was in rasa with Krishna. Otherwise, who will do all these things, take two heart attacks on the ship and go in? Because he was, he was completely in touch. Now you came to the correct point. That, that's, the, that's the what I asked the initially. You no need to do the japa, you no need to do the power Gita. You need to, you need a strong desire, you need a strong goal. You, ha, you need a thirsty, that is the thirsty, that is the hungry. You want to surrender, surrender, you want to see him, you want to give. Need a connection between the God and this one. That is what your Prabhupada did. Yes. This is what people require. Whatever he asked, not a service, not a what did you do? Saranagati, not this one. You need a strong desire to reach the God. That is the final goal. That is the ultimate goal. Whoever that have that goal, they can reach that. You are then right. You are hundred percent right. I am so happy. That's what we need. Yes, thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Okay. Hare Krishna. Jai Shri Gopal.